get here? How would we undo those steps? Well, what should we have done differently? What can we do now in order to undo that? So, you know, you can look at, you can look at monopoly busting. Um, that can be successful if we can gain the political will to do it. But I don't know if either party is up for it. I mean, the, the GOP, at least, like, they were all big business, big business, big business. But as soon as big business turned their backs on them, they're like, we will punish you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but that's just another example of their hypocritical nature. It's yeah. it's all about what they think they can get the most out of. Right. And as soon as, as, soon as things start turning against them, they completely and utterly 180 on their, their stances. Yeah. So, this, so but, but let's look at the Democrats instead, because they tend to be not as extreme at least consistent yeah but but they, they're not all on the same page on this like you know in terms of no i but 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 that's part of that's part of the entire concept behind the democratic party is right. that not everybody agrees but we they they still tend to work together anyway yeah they're expected to follow along party lines just like the the um the gopr well, not necessarily party lines. More like there needs to. Be, they're more open to making concessions and cooperating to accomplish at least something, rather than yeah, just standing there and saying no and stamping their feet. You know. Yeah, yeah. The GOP is definitely more unified. I mean, they're yeah. they're more willing to punish their members when they step out. But I mean, the end result is that, you know, you end up with people like Manchin who just will not support anything he doesn't politically agree with. And he's in line with the, you know, the corporate powers. Like he's that. Yeah. And and he's not the only one. Like the corporate Democrats tend to have political power right now. But either way, like these are the reasons why I think that our solution won't be through politics. But separate from that, like let's take the ISP example. You know, it's like, well, we shouldn't have allowed these big national players to do this on the uh, ISP side. I'm like, well, what would, since technology is my field, you know, I'm like, well, would, what would something better look like? And what I figured was community fiber. So, you know, there's a couple different ways it can be done. But the main thing, the main idea is that the community, like the, the city or whatever, municipal fiber, I think is probably the best way to do it. But it could be done at state level or whatever. But basically, you know, treat... The physical connection like you would the water pipe, you know, and with ISP a utility you cut out there, what was that a utility treated as utility yeah, exactly you treat you treat the fiber as a utility now with internet access, you can easily you know, like you don't have to have a single ISP providing connectivity, you can have you know like the fiber is owned by the by the by the city but you know, it provides connections from you to any number of ISPs that provide service from there. Um, yeah. But, you know, I would just love to see, you know, building of a, you know, municipal fiber with data center and that could be private, privately run. Well, so maybe municipal fiber is not the right word because that sort of implies government run. But the, the main thing is like, you know, let's get connectivity that isn't owned by these big players. I mean, we're still need, gonna need an upstream internet access. So that's going to be in playing with one of these big players. But in terms of, you know, connectivity to the houses, 
and you know the, how we're sharing the cost of the upstream bandwidth. There's all sorts of different ways we can do, we can tackle that problem. And you know the less yeah. we're dependent on the, these national players or international players. I mean, like Google, you know, is the biggest. I believe the biggest email provider in the world. Like, I would rather you know these technical servers were, were designed to work in a distributed manner, or some of them anyway, and others that aren't can be. So the more that we, yeah. you know, there's, there's all sorts of ways to decentralize the tech industry. So we, we can stop out big tech at least and replace it with, you know, small tech essentially. But it's, it's all about, you know, starting with a different uh, strategy. How do you prevent, how do you prevent people from taking that and then growing it to become the next Google though? Well, I mean, so when I was trying to, trying to figure out how the businesses should be structured like my stance the whole way is like how do i give this away how do i not have to control this like there's a whole bunch of pieces that i need and i want them all to exist i don't care about owning any of them in particular it's just that i think that you know i could help create them um well so in, you don't right for sh i get well, that all i but, all i can but... all i can control is my own actions but if I can demonstrate something that works to other people, then other cities can do the same thing. Like yes. I would have control over my own business. So I would run it this way and I would recommend that other people run theirs that way too. But I'm not going to try to control anyone else's actions. If other communities want to have the same standard of, you know, privacy and, you know, functionality that we have, then this is the way they should really, you know, consider doing it. But more likely yeah. I'm, I'm going to learn from other people that attempt to do the same thing. But the main thing is, so whenever we have with these national, big national players, we should just not do business with them. We should not work for them. We should not invest in them. And if enough of us started taking that to heart, they would not have money anymore because a lot of them are in massive, massive debt. They're playing this, you know, uh, dramatic growth through debt taking game, which is very precarious to the collapse of an unstable economy. And it would be great if, the, you know, the next time they crash it, the government didn't bail it out. But I have no faith in the government. So I'm just going to, you know, compete against them and co try to convince other people to compete against them. Yeah, I, I, but that's the thing, right? Like, so how do uh, how do we get the government to stop giving these failing companies, you know, billions upon billions of dollars because the company itself has essentially collapsed under its own weight. How well, do we prevent you how do we to, prevent them from propping up these multinational company companies? You, you know? have to elect politicians who don't believe it's necessary. Now, in order to elect politicians that don't think it's necessary, you need to have a large population that doesn't need think it's necessary. And in order to do that, you would have to demonstrate that it's not necessary. <laughs> so, you know, if, if, I, if I was successful, then it would be much easier to, you know, have elected officials that aren't willing to bail out the dinosaurs. Yeah. And I just, I, I, how do you demonstrate something without it first happening? 
Well, it has to happen. That's the thing. But you know, I'm, I'm proposing I'm proposing distributed solutions, so I only have to demonstrate it here. <laughs> Other communities can do the same thing, but if enough communities yeah, demonstrate and- the same thing, then you know. It, there's a story. There's a story that people can accept as to you know how it could work if we don't do that. Like they have to, seeing is believing. I, I I agree with you on that. I I have no arguments there. I'm I just keep coming back to the thought that there are There is so much at stake for both the government and their view of how the economy functions. Yes. If they if if there is a large or even a growing movement of people who are turning away from the things that things are the, the way that things are run currently, I feel like it would be taken as a threat. Well, yes. It's <laughs> That's, that is literally what we've been experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, you can't, you can't like totally avoid. The one thing you can do is to freak out about what might happen and then use that to prevent you from actually taking the steps you need to take in order to fix things. And we'll always exist at this you know, border of fear. Well, I'm certainly not advocating that we do nothing. So yeah, so you take the steps, and then things are going to go bad, and then you got to figure out how to make it through the bad, which is helpful if you have a plan, you know. And that's why I think more people need to have, like, we need to have these types of conversations publicly, and we need to get more people involved. Like, as long as it's, I mean, a population, a population that focuses on elections as a way to solve problems is a population that feels powerless on a personal level. Like the only way to solve anything is by picking the right person to lead us. Like that is, you know, that is not a person who is empowered. Except by the very nature of leading people, he, they become someone in power. Uh, yes, if you manage to win the elections, then you will give power to someone. But some of the, a lot of these problems, they can't be solved through power. I'm not, e- I'm not even talking about elections. I'm talking about, well, like, I'm talking even, about even at a community level. I'm talking okay. about elections. I'm talking about, like, we have this massive population entirely focused on winning elections. As though winning an election is the same thing as solving the problem that, that they think the election is going to, like... They think that if they get their guy in charge, the right thing will happen, when in reality, they have no idea what the right thing would look like. And why would we expect their politicians are? I mean, most of the, you know, a lot of the people we give political power to these days are people who are very, very just sure of themselves. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I'm not seeing people with, you know, big differing ideas. I'm seeing people who think that they can achieve what everyone else thinks it needs to be achieved too. But there's no, I mean, there's some sort of wisdom in the masses, but you know, it's not like, there's, there's the reason why the term mob rule exists, you know, consensus yeah. is not the same as being right.
it, like, it it can be it can be right no but yeah but it's like venn diagram you know it's not like consensus is, doesn't mean you're right well but you can be you can have a consensus and be right but yes. the, the two are not you know they're not inherently tied together no no they're not and and a lot of it depends on the knowledge of the group involved so yeah it always does so that's the thing we need to do we need to increase general knowledge like the thing that, that would really contribute to positive change is a lot of introspection and learning on the behalf of the people. But like, that's what is I've hard. been doing. It is, yes. <laughs> Focusing on elections is much easier. You know, you can you can volunteer exactly, for a campaign. Exactly. They'll tell you who to call, and then you can have phone calls and try to convince people. And sometimes you will succeed. But that's like elections are not the same thing as solving a problem. They are choosing someone to solve the problem for you. And then separately, there's the question of whether it's possible for them to solve it in the political environment they exist in. And do they have the right, uh, an idea that can work in the first place? Where the people, people who are most likely to get power are the ones who are saying the things that most people agree with. And yeah. most people are insane. Like they've literally yeah. lost, like they've lost reality in the realm of concepts. Like they're they're in they're in you know democracy and capitalism and socialism and I'm in apes on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like those those yeah we do not we do not oh we do not obey concepts. Sometimes concepts can be used to roughly describe what we're doing. You cannot change a concept and have the people change. Like. It doesn't work that way. Like, you, you know, you, you can find something that describes what people are doing, but that thing doesn't control what we're doing. We control what, our, what we're doing. In order to change things, you don't yes. need a new concept. You just need to convince people to do something different. Yeah, and it's that convincing part that, that getting a group of people to agree on anything is, is next to impossible. Well, it, it takes it takes effort and not the type of effort we're willing to put in. I mean, we're more we're more likely to try to get power over each other and demonize each other and tell uh, tell ourselves why they are bad than to address any of the things that we personally can control. Yeah, no, uh, what I was more referring to was the fact that everybody is. But like you said, everybody has their own opinions on what's wrong and how to fix it. And getting anyone to getting any, you know, sizable group of people to agree on one solution tends to be like wrangling cats, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, people's attention spans are extremely short, like. The number of times that, you know, we've focused on going after the latest thing as opposed to the thing that we have a lot of evidence on. Yeah. It's like, you know, like the, the second time we impeached Trump, maybe if we had brought in the Mueller report, you know, it's like, you know, we had this large investigation with this large product that demonstrated bad, bad, um, bad acting. 
Like, yeah, I mean, it should have been a it should have been a focus in the first impeachment as well. It, it, well, unfortunately, it should have been, been its own impeachment. Yeah, well, yes, yes, it should have been, and and we shouldn't have allowed people to say, you know, hey, you know what, I'm just going to ignore your subpoenas, and yes. I'm going to, uh, we had, I'm going to stand there. here and make a joke out of out of you know this this hearing. Have those people who were like being, you know, theatrical on con- on Congress's floor, like they uh, they 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 treated the entire thing like it was a joke, basically, it, like like yeah. it, it was meaningless. Exactly. Like when we talked before about you know what we should have done during, during the impeachment, we got kind of hung up on the start and the end, but there was a whole bunch of yeah. stuff that should have been done in the middle that we didn't do. Like for example, you know, arresting people who defied subpoenas. Yeah. Like you only need to arrest one or two before I, the other hey, one gets hey, the picture. I was advocating for it. I I I was a full-on vocal advocate for the sergeant right. of, at arms to you know step in and actually start bringing people in to to testify. Right. So um so I look back and I'm like, you know, are we really supposed to trust the people that chose to wait for an election rather than taking these steps that needed to be taken in the time? What are they going to do well, going forward? Like they never they don't focus on what is needed. They focus on some idea of what needs to happen down the road. But the only time you can ever take action is now. Well, no, they focus on what's politically expedient for them. They they weren't going to get yeah, too much. Chat. They weren't going to. Yes, they weren't. They weren't going to get, um, you know, a standing ovation for <laughs> for you know forcing these people in to speak. They 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 just weren't. Um, and they they also knew that as soon as it went to the Senate, because you know, um, the Senate was still controlled by Mitch McConnell, that everything would just cease to matter. As soon as yeah. it, as soon as it was passed along, yeah. In, in which case, that's when the people needed to basically take to the streets and demand that things work the way that they're supposed to work. And that's yeah, not something and... that Democrats can do. But that wasn't something they were telling us we needed to do. And like I was telling people, that's they, what they yeah, to do. they should. I was they, on the street corner. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, I, it, I was, I was a vocal advocate for another million man march. Like, yeah, like I couldn't um, go outside of Worcester at needed... the time, but you know, like I was, I was one of four people on the street corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it needed to happen, and 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 it still needs to happen. So yeah. that's the thing. Like, we we are currently sitting in a situation where everybody's like, oh yeah, we got our guy in, so everything's good now. No, we still need to be a a gigantic thorn in the side of our leadership to force them to do what needs to be done. Yeah, like, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's not it's not time to give up now that we've our we've got our guy in, and for a lot of us, he's not even our guy. Like he's he's just a, a you know placeholder for the person we really want in there. So. Yeah, that's the yeah. There's there's not necessarily wisdom in consensus. <laughs> yeah. You know, people literally were telling me you need to vote for the person who's most electable, as if that isn't just you know <laughs> projecting your your bias. It's like who's the most electable? It was clearly Yang. 
You know, it's clearly Warren. It's clearly this person and clearly that person. It's clearly Bernie, you know, but at the end of the day, it was Biden. And Biden was like, you know, we, it was, we were well past time for change. And he was See, I don't think of the previous <laughs> Democratic uh, president. I, 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 yeah, I don't think I don't think Biden was the guy. I don't no, think he don't ever either. he ever was the guy. I, I, I think that I think that he was what everybody thought the safe bet was. But against someone like yeah. Trump, I don't think we even needed the safe bet. Not well. I just think we needed someone who wasn't an absolute nutcase. I don't know. I have, if, I, if I'm being I have friends who, who basically said, you know, that they would vote for Trump if the Democratic uh, alternative was, I think it might have been Bernie that they were talking about at the time. But, you know, they were strong believers that the Democratic policies of, of you know, the past few presidents were, you know, the right thing. Which I, I don't. Well, I mean, we saw where it got us. I don't know how you can look at that and say, yes, that's what we need. Well, because they exclusively blame the opposition. You know, it's like, it's like, well, these policies would have worked better if it wasn't for sabotage from the other side, which is fair. But you, well, I mean, it is, yeah, that is a fair, (laughs) yeah, that is a fair argument. But what we needed was someone who wasn't going to just. Who's what gonna gonna implement the policies against the will of a large portion of the country? Like, Maybe no. I mean, so we've that, got to break. Some something has to break eventually. Well, yes, but I mean, I think the thing that so it, as someone who tends to disagree with the the political philosophies of both political parties, I don't want the guy who's willing to force what he thinks is right. I want the guy who knows how to influence people such that, you know, we can actually come to like a common understanding. And I think that the common understand the, a common understanding that could actually uh, work for everyone is going to look nothing like the democratic strategy. Because they're all about speeding up the economy so that they can get the tax revenue and then they can pay for programs which is still dependent. We don't need to. We don't need to speed the economy up for that, though. Well, but that's what they do. Like Biden has already been mm-hmm. talking about how strong the economy is, and Obama got the economy going again, and Clinton sped up the economy. This is what they put in power: is this idea that what needs to happen is to grow the economy so that we can get the tax revenue to pay our debts and, you know, pay for social programs. What but, needs to happen is we need to actually start taxing the people with the money. But you well, know, that is that is how that, that is the, one of the flaws in their plan is that the the people that they expect to get the money from avoid taxes. Now, yeah, you know, you could focus on trying to get them to pay the money, and maybe we could be successful. I think it's more likely that they would get more and more creative on how they hide money. But separately, you're still dependent on the success of this economy that is little, literally destroying the world. So, See, here's the thing. Like, I, I feel like it should be a... And, and you're going to disagree with this. I already know you are. Um, I feel like it should be non-optional. If you decide <laughs> to try and hide your taxes, then you lose it all. Yeah. So I, I, I get that. I get that idea. 
um, separately, there's a third of the country that is radically against anything they perceive to be socialism, which would very much include that. But so, that wouldn't be socialism. That would be it, a it, consequence not, for an action. Not, it is not your definition of socialism, but it fits within their... No, 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 no. What I'm saying is it would be the same as saying, you know, you you steal from, you know, a large corporation, right? And that money is taken from you. I, if you steal from a corporation... Well, like, like, say, say, say you're embezzling money, right? Well, I'm not talking about embezzling. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I'm, I'm saying it should be treated like a crime. Sheltering your, sheltering your wealth should be treated like a crime. You have to realize that we're talking about a group of people who believe that taxation is theft, and fighting for your liberty is more important than than obeying the law. Like this is an ideological area that it's not. But it's not theft. Well, you can have that debate with them if you want, but understand that that is the that is the (laughs) philosophy that you're dealing with. Taxation is theft. My own sister has told me this. My nephew apparently convinced her. You know, I get I get what they're saying. The problem is is that you know the government works against our best interests in complicated ways. You know, like and. If you exclusively blame government, then starving the federal government makes sense. But you need to look at the flip side of that, which is that, you know, well, a lot of the destructive elements are in industry, not in government. And now you're talking about cutting their taxes and deregulating them, which does not seem like a good idea. Um, But they refuse to face that reality. Well, yes, but separately, you know, we refuse to face or, you know, not we so much as, you know, the Democratic base refuses to accept that, you know, the state is not is an oppressive organization. Government is violence. Like that is the power that the government has over us when we do something that they don't believe is is, you know, what we should be doing. They have the ability to throw us in prison or kill us. So yeah, when you see, say when you say the, here, that like we have here's a- the thing when 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 you go th- when you go to the other direction right when yeah. you, when you go to say a free state anarchy right yeah then the violence is just sort of an inherent property well let's yeah but let's let's view it from this way so we have this ideological split on, right now I, we're both on the same side of this but uh, let's recognize that this philosophical split exists vax versus anti-vax. So we have a large group of people that are absolutely against vaccinations and they're very much in favor of personal autonomy and not having the government tell them what to do. So we have this push on the democratic side to mandate vaccinations. What does that really mean? Well, it means that if you do not get vaccinated, the government is going to punish you in some way. And, you know, the approach that, that could be used is through prison and, you know, or forced vaccinations. That's not the approach Biden is going with. Instead, he's going well, with the corporate vac- approach. The corporate approach of, like, you know, it is your job depends on you doing this thing. So instead of, you know, you're going to prison, you're going to exist in further poverty if you don't do this thing that the government wants you to do. And now I think you need to, I think you, everyone needs to get, everyone should get vaccinated. But if you try to force people through the government in order to do it, you're just going to create resistance. What you need to do is convince people that they should be vaccinated. 
And we are far more likely to but, you know, but ostracize see, each other than, than to actually have that but sort the of people, conversation. But the people who are anti-vax are anti-vax because they listen to people who tell them <laughs> the vaccine yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. You know the we, the mark of the devil. Like it, I, it's it's a completely illogical yes, I, I place that they come from. I understand, but that leads into a different area, which is that we should not have been allowing propaganda for decades. It's like yes, we but shouldn't have we, allowed that, but this but is where we are. We're, we're trying to we're trying to crack down on the propaganda, but, how, but the propaganda how? is self feeding. We yeah, well, we're going after the propaganda by using government and corporations. And we're trying to make it impossible for people to talk about things we don't want them to talk about. That's not how you convince people that they're wrong. That is how you convince people that there's a conspiracy. Okay, them. well, what, what would be a better way? <laughs> well, you have to change their minds. You actually have to engage with them. And talk but but them. Let's, let's, say, let's say they can't be changed. Because well, a lot of people, case, they can't be changed. In that case, what I would recommend is, is, is severing ties with them. Like you, can, you can't force... A group of people to change, but you can say I'm not going to. But what what does severing ties look like? Well, we talked about it yesterday. I think at this point we should really consider allowing the country to split up. Well, I mean, I agree with you because you know, but, like we can't but, we can't but, make but, Floridians vaccinate. You know, we can we can get rid like we can't you know even get rid of their governor or anything like that. We have no power over them. You know, at, at the local level, you could try to get the federal government to force them to do it. But their governor is very clear that he is going to support his people's right to make the choice themselves. And that is what they elected him for. It's a very different philosophy than ours, which is let's all do the right thing for the group. And then you don't even need the government to force you to do it because you are putting the group ahead of yourself. Like, but it's a philosophical difference. You can't force your way of viewing things onto another person. If they insist on doing it in a different way, I would recommend getting away from those people because they are going to make you sick. <laughs> like, don't go to Florida. But, but what if they don't want to leave? Who doesn't want to leave? Well, like I said, I mean, if it let let's say let's again take Florida for example. If 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 we were just like, all right, well, if that's your if that's your position, then you're no longer a part of our country. Right. Oh, oh, or, so or, 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 or you're saying you're saying you know. if Florida doesn't want to leave the country. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, in which case, you know, it, the our answer at that point is to leave ourselves or to start supporting a mechanism for blocking travel between states, which would probably. But would that not be violence as well? No, it's it's providing people with a mechanism to like not be tied to another group. Like I think I think you know, I think Matt. I think. But really how would you prevent should... that? How would you prevent what? How would you prevent travel? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it would be probably the corporations. I mean, the, you could have, or it would be, or it would be border checkpoints, or it would be yeah. some sort of, yeah, some sort of times, uh, measures. But you know, gating measures. But but no, but that would be considered that... violence. That would be an sure. act. That would that would be viewed, let's say, by Florida, as a act of violence, yeah, or or as an act of war. Well, if that's the case, then they will really want to be separate from us. <laughs> so you know, I would say. You know, I'm I, I'd be a I'd be a fan of the state separating anyway. But but what I'm saying is, how would that not trigger some sort of violent uprising? 
we want to be able to go to Massachusetts. Like that's your, like people in Florida angry because they can't go somewhere. Or because, more like because they can't get our, more like they're they angry that they're being excluded. Yeah, I mean that's kind of in line with what they they're doing. But you know, you you do what you can for for yourselves. I mean, I've I've certainly had I've certainly had heard plenty of arguments that we should not be able to exclude people from our lives. Like cancel. Well, culture. I mean, that's, that's what just a lot dumb. of it ties down to is is this idea that no, I but but you can't force you can't force other people to include you. I, I'm I'm sorry right, that that's just never been a thing. I agree. <laughs> So I, I don't think that's I don't think that's something that they will necessarily agree to. But they also like how are they going to force me to do it? Have anything to do with them? Uh, well, I mean, let's take the Staten Island thing that just happened. I think it was either today or yesterday. I didn't. I know nothing um, about that. Okay, so a group of anti-vax, uh, anti-mandate, whatever protesters, yeah. let's call them forced their way into a, an establishment that had clear that, that had clearly stated they were vaccination only and that they were that uh, you know unvaccinated people would not be allowed within within the, yes. the building this was this was at a mall a, a food court at a mall um and, and and a few restaurants within the mall or whatever um and these people literally pushed their way through police officers to get inside yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, that's trespassing and they're going to go to prison. You know, it's. Nope. They well, were, they, they were, they were, they were served. They were served. They were treated like normal customers. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I mean, the business can make that choice, you know, and. The well, no, 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 no. The, the business made the choice not to allow them, but once they were already in, all of that fell apart. Well, Right. I mean, so that is the situation that the business found themselves in. Like they set these rules in advance, but when push came, well, to no, shove, it wasn't. It was, no, 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 no. Remember, this was a mall, right? Right. It's not the businesses that made that choice. It was the workers that made that choice to avoid, uh, avoid, um, possible violence, which the group had already shown they were willing to turn to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like the business is still making a decision there because, like, if the if the policy is that we will not serve people who are unvaccinated or we will not serve people who are unmasked, well, well, who who is the let business? Me let me finish. So the business is the business okay. owner, right? So the business can yep. make the decision whether or not to serve, serve them. But the, at the end of the day, the employees either they do it or they don't. Now the business, the, the owner wasn't there, right? Like so we're we're talking like Sabaro and right. Yeah, but but we're talking about like like Sabaro and yeah, but, like the McDonald's okay. and businesses and businesses create hierarchies, right? You've got managers, yeah. right? Somebody is enforcing the the business decision or not enforcing the business decision. If they don't enforce a business yeah. decision, that is itself a business decision. Like when push comes to shove, will we will we you know do what would be necessary in order for this rule to matter? And the answer was no. But that's different than, like, you know, like, for but, example... But in the, the police, face of violence... Well, yes. In the, that is, in the face of violence, how do you say... How do you say to someone making, you know, 10 bucks an hour, uh, you know, no, I'm sorry, your, your, your right. health and safety is not, uh, is not valuable enough to me to 
to enforce these policies that keep you healthy and safe. Yes. Yes. The business owner made a policy decision that, you know, they did not really have the power to make. Like they would have yeah. to have employee buy-in and they would need to, or be willing to punish employees for not doing it. And you're right. Why would they do that for 10 bucks an hour? Why would they put themselves at that sort of risk for 10 bucks an hour? But at the end of the day, if your employees aren't going to follow through, what is your policy really? I mean, that's a request. It, Basically. Yeah. It's, it's a request. Please wear a mask. Please it, be vaccinated. Yeah. So, but like I said, I mean, there were there were police right. present. There were there were there was security present that right. are being paid specifically yes. to do to deal with these situations. Yeah, I mean, but when you have has, you know, stop and shout has an explicit policy against intervening if someone was unmasked. I found this out the hard way yeah. early in early during COVID. Like, and it's for the reasons that you mentioned, and you know, I I understand that perspective, but let's stop pretending that government can do anything about this if you know what the government is going to do is like set policies that cannot be enforced because at the end of the day it is like if someone is going to stop a person from going in with a, without a mask that's going to be whoever happens to be working there that day and it doesn't matter if the policy started by the store manager by the you know the business owner by the state by the federal government like are they going to enforce that for 10 bucks an hour. And if the answer is no, then that, it, that policy is meaningless. Other than, you know, the, the police could choose to arrest everyone that does not obey it. But, you know, well, but they that can. tends to go badly. If they did, it would go very badly. It, 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 go, it, it goes badly. If they even had the ability to, it would go badly, yes. But, see, that's the thing. It, it's, it's this whole... So you've got, you know, let's say 30, <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go like super overboard with this. Let's go, let's say we have 30, 325 million people, right? And we have 5 million law enforcement slash military personnel, right? Yeah. How is that even at all a comparable number? Uh, yeah. how, how can how can the five million hold back the three hundred and twenty five million? Right. So the only way that that would work is if we created the police state that that uh, anti-vaxxers believe are we're doing. So they are creating the situation where the only way to get what's needed is to create the thing they fear. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want that thing either. I'm not looking for a police state. So, I, you know, I don't want a police state either. Exactly. No, right. no. So the only it, it, it's a terrible, it, it would be a terrible plan. But but how do you get people to agree to do something when they're dead set against it? And they believe that the very, the mere suggestion that they should have to is, is, is tantamount to, uh, Burying them up to their necks and termites, you know, I like like some sort of yeah. You would have to change their minds, which How? is not easy. Well, a lot of co public conversations that it isn't just like name calling and you know threatening violence against each other. Well, so maybe, but a, a positive solution would look like people working together. That is not easy to achieve, but that's the only thing that would actually work. Like, 
doing this through government, yeah, it does not work. For all the then you end up with the about. same. Then you end up with the same situation where where you have a million people with a million different positions and a million different ideas on how they can accomplish right. their goals. And a house divided cannot stand. You know, we yeah. are divided. Like we that are. is the problem. The thing we need to do is unify, and we're not going to unify over the views of that someone right now has. We need to come up with a new set of views that actually like encompasses the values of the people. And that requires a lot of work and a lot of talking and a lot of changing of minds. And that's not an easy problem, but it's not one we've largely and, done. Like we've and focused also, on elections. And also a lot of agreeing on things that don't actually exist. Well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean a lot of the complaints that people have about about uh, let's take the anti-vax movement for instance yeah they they believe that the shot's going to cause infertility they believe that the shot is a government program to microchip them they believe that the shot is yes uh, is going to it, it, it is step one in a plan to eradicate you know 80% of the population they they believe in a whole lot of things that don't actually exist. Right. So there's, what that shows is a lot of distrust and fear. And they have very legitimate reasons for distrusting and fearing biotech companies and distrusting and fearing the government and distrusting and fearing well, but other But do people. they have reasons for that? Well, they do. They do because... Because everything is pretty fucking broken right now. Like there are legi- there's a lot of legitimate things that are very broken right now, and we are all have a pretty good understanding that things are broken right now. We have a lot of disagreement as to what is broken and why. But when you know that things are broken and people are saying things that fit in with your worldview, they're going to be very compelling. But you know, the, at the end of the day, what you need to do is address the things that are actually broken and talk about those things rather than something several levels higher up that you know don't come to that core core thing but it's hard to know what that core thing is without engaging with people that have very different worldviews